Amen, amen. Good morning. How's everybody doing today? Amen. How many of you ready to worship the Lord this morning and hear from the Lord this morning? Amen. Glad to be in the house of the Lord. I want to welcome everyone here. Uh, if, you, if it's your first time online or uh, in the house here, we just want to say hello. Welcome. Everybody just turn and wave to somebody. Say, glad to see you here. Amen. All right. Yeah, I just want to uh, go over a few things. Our, uh, we ask that you stay up to date with us. You can stay up to date with us on, through social media. Uh, if you put the QR code up there, you'll notice this in your bulletin. Uh, if you, uh, all you do is take your smartphone, your camera, you, you take a, uh, put it over that little image there, and it'll bring you to a quick link that you can access all these different things. We have our website, which is welcome to CFC. Uh, com. You go there, and it actually has all these things on that website. Uh, Facebook, follow us on Facebook. I have something for you to do tomorrow. How many of you have Facebook? How many of you don't have Facebook? How many of you don't know if you have Facebook? Is it, we got, we're trying to get everybody to raise their hand at one point. But what we do on Facebook, every Monday I have a Monday question of the week, and it's just random questions about different things. And this week I was thinking about what I'm going to have, uh, so this gives you time to think tomorrow, uh, how the world's turning away from more traditional television to online streaming thing. What is a YouTube station uh, channel that you subscribe to that you like that people may not think that you uh, would like it? And just uh, uh, put it out there. I know which one I'm going to put. Uh, and I, uh, obviously, I'm not going to put any in my fishing channels because you all know I like fishing. So, but I'll put something else. Just stay away from the politics, okay? Don't worry about the politics. Well, just, just put a channel you watch that you, you think maybe someone else would enjoy. All right? So all those things. Also, uh, tonight, uh, Children's Church will be premiering their uh, morning service. They are having service right now, but they've videoed, and they'll be on their Facebook tonight. So uh, please be on there. Uh, with that, share it on your Facebook. All, all our videos, I would ask on social media, please share on your Facebook and things like that uh, so it gets out there, so the community sees what's going on in Children's Church, uh, this church, everything. Help share the gospel that way. Amen. Also, on the book, Ladies Book Club will be meeting March 22nd uh, at, from 5.30 to 8.00. Uh, there's a flyer in the back. Uh, ladies, if you don't know about it, they started a book club. They read a Christian-based book every month, and then they talk about it. Say, guys can't do that. If you'd ask me to read a book, it would take about three years. Or I'd probably wait for the movie to come out. <laughs> so, <laughs> but ladies, they, they get it. It's, it's a Christian-based book, and what they do is they read it, then they come together and they discuss the book. Uh, they have discussion questions that go with it. So I just encourage you all, uh, if, if you love reading books, uh, get, get with them. Also, uh, our next water baptism will be Wednesday, March 31st. That's the last, I want to say this, I feel like we're in March already, but we're actually February 28th. The last Wednesday in March, we will do water baptism again. I am asking if you plan on getting water baptized that day to please fill out a new form. Last year, we have several things, forms people filled out already, but with cancellation and COVID and all these things. So if you want to be baptized on March 31st, this uh, last, last week of March, please fill out a new form there in the back right there, and you turn them in to us anytime before then. Also... On this point, I want to say that we're looking at starting Wednesday night services again, our prayer meeting, the youth, and uh, K-12 
kids club for the younger kids on April 7th. That is a goal we're setting right now. Uh, COVID numbers are really down, uh, but we're going to wait this month out to make sure it doesn't come really back up before. But So our, our goal is to do it on April 7th. That's our plan right now. If anything would change, we'll let you know. All right? So we just want to say happy birthday to anyone having a birthday uh, today or uh, today or this week. If uh, you're having a birthday between now and next Sunday, raise your hand. We just want to tell you happy birthday. Sister Gloria, are you having a birthday? Tuesday, happy birthday to you. Uh, my granddaughter, Grace, I don't know, she's in children's churches tomorrow. Anyone else? Right, Sister Jan? Well, happy birthday to you right there. Oh, the baby? How old is he going to be? Two. Happy birthday to you. All right. I, I can't see him. Him or her. I can't see with or without glasses right now. <laughs> yeah, that's getting bad. Amen. Well, happy birthday. What, 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 what? Oh, oh Leroy, Leroy's birthday is tomorrow, right, Leroy? All right, let's tell Leroy happy birthday. Amen. And where am I? You having a birthday again? Oh, this is the real one? Okay. <laughs> Mason has a birthday about every other week. <laughs> happy, let's tell Mason happy birthday. Happy birthday, Mason. <laughs> Amen. Anyone else having a birthday between now and next week, next Sunday? All right. If you're online having a birthday, we want to wish you a happy birthday. What about anniversaries? Anyone having an anniversary between now and next Sunday? Going what? What? In the back over there? Okay. All right. Anyone else having a birthday? I mean an anniversary. All right. Anyone online? We want to wish you a happy anniversary. Amen. Glad to have you here. So as we get ready to receive our morning tithes and offerings, I want to just uh, let you know the ways you can give if you're watching online. You could actually mail it if you rather regular post office box. 1427 La Rose, Louisiana, 70373. Or you could go to our website at welcometocfc.com and give online. I know that's going to come up there. The next slide there, Matt. There we go. You could give online anytime at welcometocfc.com. You go in there and you could give that way. But you know what's the best way I like to see people give here in person because we love to see you. Amen. Amen. How many of you are glad to be in the house of the Lord? Amen. How many of you are glad we're not quarantined anymore? How many is ready to celebrate the Lord? How many of you are ready to worship the Lord and see Him do great things in this nation? Amen. Amen. So let's stand to our feet as we get ready to receive our offering. We're going to read our scriptures for this week. This is from the Good News Translation. 1 Chronicles 29, 11 through 14 says this. You are great and powerful, glorious, splendid, and majestic. Everything in heaven and on earth is yours, and you are king, supreme ruler over all. All riches and wealth come from you. You rule everything by your strength and power, and you are able to make anyone great and strong. Now, our God, we give you thanks and we praise your glorious name. Yet my people and I cannot really give you anything. Listen to this, because everything is a gift from you. And we have only, and we have only given back what is yours already. 
You know, when the Bible speaks of the tithe, it says it belongs to the Lord and is holy to the Lord. Everything we receive is actually from God. We become stewards of God that to use faithfully for him. Amen. So if you would just take your offering, hold it in your right hand and repeat after me. Say, as I give in today's offering, I acknowledge that God has supreme dominion and universal authority, and I am dependent on the grace and power of Almighty God. I am a visitor, a sojourner on this planet, a steward of what God allows me to manage. God is the rightful owner of all things. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So what we're going to do as Aliska begins playing on the keyboard, we'll actually just to make your way out, uh, come up your aisles and place it in one of the three baskets you're offering, and uh, you can make your way back to your seat. There's nothing cuter to me than watching little kids come bring an offering. I don't know why. It's just so amazing uh, watching those kids do that. Amen. But how many of you ready to worship the Lord this morning? Amen. We're going to have our call to praise and worship this morning. This will be our last week for this verse in the Bible. Uh, remember, praising is what we is thanking God for what he has done. But worshiping him is worshiping for who he is. Amen. He is a holy God. So our uh, praise and worship scripture this month is from Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15. It says, let us, point to yourself, say, let us, let us. then always, tell yourself always. always. You know why he's telling us always? Because sometimes we don't feel like it. Sometimes we're down. Sometimes the world wants to hold us down. But God inhabits the praises of his people. And we need God to move in our lives. So we need to always offer a praise to our God, which is our sacrifice through Jesus, which is the offering presented by the lips, uh, lips that confess him as Lord. So let's go to the Lord in prayer as we begin this morning. Father, I just come to you right now. Father, I just pray, Father God, for this service, for each and every person that's in this building today within the sound of my voice. Father, for all those watching online today and in the future. 
Father, I just pray that every deaf ear be open to the truth of your gospel today, that every blind eye be open up to the truth of your word today, Father God, that every mind be able to comprehend your word today, and Father, make, uh, most importantly, that every heart be ready to receive your word today. Father, we ask you to move in this place as we come to worship you, our holy and faithful God. In Jesus' name we pray, and everyone shouts, Amen. Let's worship the Lord here. Here in your light we find What makes us come alive A sacrifice of praise A city on a hill Surrender to your will your glory on display Your glory on display Awesome in this place Jesus you are awesome in this place Worthy to be praised Jesus you are worthy to be praised You will be A force of grace consuming every space, it's uncontainable. You're coming like a flood, our hearts are filling up, all things are possible. All things are possible. Awesome in this place, Jesus, you are awesome in this place. Worthy to be praised Jesus you are worthy to be praised you will be praised you will be praised your praise goes on and on
praise you, Jesus. He gives us a reason to praise each and every day. Just join with me this morning, and we're going to just give God the praise he deserves in this house. Just raise your hands to him right now. Raise your hands to the King of kings and Lord of lords. We praise you, Jesus. We praise you, Jesus. Come on, let it be the words from your heart this morning. And just begin to speak praise to God this morning. And let his glory fall in this house as we lift praises to him. We praise you, Jesus. We praise you, Lord Jesus. We praise you, Jesus. Love you, Lord. All throughout the history, your faithfulness has walked beside me. The winter storms made way for spring, in every season, from where I'm standing. I see the evidence of your goodness all over my life, all over my life. I see your promises and fulfillment all over my life, all over my life. Help me remember when I'm weak. Fear may come, but fear will lead. You lead my heart to victory. You are my strength and you. Oh, 
worthy of every breath. 
sing your song to him. Say there's no one that compares to you, Jesus. You are holy. You are worthy. There is none like you, Jesus. None compares to you. Oh, no one even comes close to who you are, Lord. Sometimes I don't even have words to describe how great you are. So I'm just going to say you're holy. You're worthy, you're awesome, God. No one can compare to who you are. No one compares to you, Jesus. Oh, there is no one, there is no one who comes close to you, Lord.
have a dead battery, but God's not dead. And you know what? I'm, I'm not looking at what's going on. I'm looking to Him. Beyond everything that's going on. It may get worse. I don't know. But all I do know is I trust Him. And I'm going to lift it up to Him. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise as we get started this morning. Amen. I want to go ahead and dismiss our kids, 3, 4, and 5. Amen. Amen. How many of you are glad to be in the house of the Lord? Amen, amen. As they turn on the lights for us here and, 
Amen. Please get out your notes. Uh, what I want to share with you this morning, I almost thought about making it in two messages, uh, and, but I decided I need to kind of get this all together this morning. And what I'm doing is uh, looking in the book of Proverbs. Uh, I've been reading, uh, started reading in the book of Proverbs the other day and just beginning to see where God uses Proverbs, the wisdom, wisdom for everyday life. You, you know, we all want to get to heaven and all that, but guess what? We still got to live through today. We still got to face tomorrow. We still got to face the next day. So I'll need to learn how to live God's way today, tomorrow, that I could face and go through all the things I need to go through in life. Amen? Okay, that's two of you. What the rest of you don't want? Okay, let's try that again. Amen? Okay, don't be scared on me. Don't get quiet on me, okay? So can I give you a, a homework assignment? There's 31 uh, chapters in the book of Proverbs. Tomorrow is March 1st. So how about for the month of March, you read the corresponding chapter to the day of the month. So tomorrow you read Proverbs 1, March 2nd you read Proverbs uh, 2. So if ever you get lost in the days, you know, don't get beat up if, if something happens and you forget one day. Just start the day you're on. You know, if you forget and these things happen, uh, things happen that you're there, get, well, uh, March 10th, go to Proverbs chapter 10 and you start reading that through the month. I got something on my face right there. You don't think I'm going crazy. <laughs> Amen. So I want to encourage you to do that because that's what the book of Proverbs is. It's about wisdom, and I'm going to kind of explain that a, a little bit uh, this morning as we go through. So put your seatbelt on. I'm, I'm kind of going to go through this quick, but I, wanna, I don't want to go through it quick. <laughs> but uh, amen. So let's just pray. Father, I just come to you today. Father, as we get ready to look in your word, Father God, I just pray for each and every one within the sound of my voice again, Father God. Father God, that we could see your spiritual truths this morning, that every blind eye be open to the truth of the gospel, Father. Father, that every ear uh, hear the spiritual truths this morning and every mind comprehend your spiritual truths this morning and father most of all prepare our hearts to receive your word in Jesus' name we pray and everyone says amen i, I have a quote that i put the other day from c.s lewis and i have it on the top of your page here today uh, i will probably go a couple of weeks i'm not sure how long this will go uh in proverbs uh, now, let me clear this up. We're not doing a verse-by-verse -verse study in Proverbs. I'm using many other books of the Bibles, but just Proverbs as a, as a base thing in this. And like I said, it could be, we may end next week, it may be three weeks, it may be four weeks. I have no idea right now. So, uh, but this is a, a thing. C.S. Lewis said, human history is the long, terrible story of man trying to find something other than God that will make him happy. That's human history. Do you, do you, you see how thick this book is? And this is a thin line. Do you realize that it's on the second page in this book that man already tries doing that? Genesis chapter 3 is where man already starts trying to find something and doing it his own way. You see, we, we got a, a Burger King God. I love Burger King hamburgers. But we think we have a Burger King God that we could tell him how we want it done. We want it our way. 
But how many of you know it doesn't work your way? Uh, ask Adam and Eve, how did it turn out when you decided to go your way? Uh, you know, it doesn't work out. So we understand that if, if I want to have success and, uh, in this life and peace in this life, I have to do it God's way. If I don't do it God's way, there'll be chaos. Right? You reap what you sow. If you, if you, you sow the, the word of God in your life and live the way God wants you to live, you'll have peace. It doesn't mean that the enemy doesn't come against you. Just the opposite. The enemy fears your future. That's why he comes against you. But God is strong enough to, and think to overcome the enemy. We have overcome him with the blood of the Lamb. So as we begin this, I, I want you to look at Proverbs chapter 4, verse 7. Now, notice what it says, and I'm going to give you definitions here in a couple of minutes. But it says, wisdom is supreme. Wisdom is supreme. How many of you know a supreme pizza? What is it? You get everything, right? You get everything on it. You might just have a cheese pizza, but a supreme comes with everything. And and this is just the way my mind works. (laughs) Right? (laughs) I was thinking, you know, Jesus says, I have come that you may have life and life to the full. In other words, the supreme. That you have it. But he's telling us here, wisdom is supreme. And this is going to make a little more sense to you as we go here. Wisdom is supreme. Do you know what the word, that word wisdom actually translates as? Skillful living. Skillful living. You can live carelessly. Or you could have skillful living, uh, living, and this is wisdom of God in your life. He says, uh, so wisdom is supreme, therefore get wisdom. It doesn't come automatic. Therefore get wisdom. And he says, though it costs all you have, get understanding. So the most important thing, wisdom is supreme. So we need to, to have skillful living in our life, everyday life. Because what's going to happen is it, we reap what we sow. You know, so many times I, I have people talk to me about this chaos in their life. And, and this is what it boils down to. I'm coming to you because I want you to fix my problem, but I don't want to change anything in life. Pastor, you've heard that story many times before, right? Uh, this, there's chaos in my life. I want you to make the chaos go away, but I don't want to change anything in my life. See, they want to keep doing the same thing, but not realizing it's what they're sowing is what they're reaping. So you can't keep sowing the same thing and expect to reap something different. That's why we have to have skillful living in our life. Wisdom, live a life of wisdom. So let's continue here. James 5, James 1 verse 5 says this. If any of you lacks wisdom, okay, again, we all lack wisdom when we're born, and we're going to talk about that in a way, right? When, when an infant's born, what? What do they know? Nothing, right? It has to be taught everything it knows. It has no wisdom. It has no knowledge. Although it's very good at within two or three days, it realizes it can make two adults do whatever it wants. You just got to keep crying louder and louder, and finally it happens. <laughs> so, so the ability is there, but it says this, If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who generously gives, uh, who, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. So where does wisdom come from? God. It's a vertical thing. 
Okay, so wisdom comes from God, skillful living it through God's word. You act. Now, what James is saying here is not just pray that you got, pray for wisdom and all of a sudden you're the smartest person on earth. The wise, no, you get wisdom. Remember, it says if it costs you everything, you have to get into God's word and know what God's word says. You can't do God's word if you don't know what God's word says. <coughs> so, Let's look at, at our fill in the blanks. What I, what I want us to know, the two things that it talks about is, uh, number one, knowledge. What, what is knowledge? Look at the very first four letters of the word knowledge. What is that? To know. All right? Knowledge informs me about God. Knowledge is information. Okay? Knowledge informs me about God. Knowledge lets me know who God is. Now, what is wisdom? Second definition. Wisdom allows you to walk with God. See, knowledge lets me know about God. Can I tell you something? Satan knows more about God than you. But he doesn't walk with God because he chose to not do what God wanted. See, I can know about God and still not walk with God. Here's the, here, here's the difference. In, in Louisiana terms, knowledge, I'm going to give you some knowledge. Hopefully you all know this. But on LA 1 and Golden Mather, there is a speed limit of 30 miles an hour. That's knowledge. Everybody's got that knowledge now. Wisdom is when I'm in Golden Mather on LA 1, I will go 30 miles an hour. That's wisdom. But how many of you know a lot of people that aren't from around here don't take that wisdom. They see the speed limit sign. They know it's 30 miles an hour, but they will not go 30 miles an hour. You see, they have knowledge, but not the wisdom. See, we can know many things about God, but wisdom allows me to walk with God. Uh, wisdom is, in other words, the proper application of God's word in my life. Wisdom is knowing, knowing I have to know. Before I could have wisdom and apply it to my life, I have to know it. Right? You, you can't apply something in your life you don't know. So knowledge, is, you could say, is the vertical part. Uh, I mean, the horizontal part. And wisdom is the vertical where we receive from God the wisdom. But knowledge we learn here. We learn, from, from the, we learn the Word of God, but it's up to us to apply the Word of God to our life. But, the Bible says, unless the Lord builds a house, we labor in vain. So we all, you could say knowledge thing, we all know what a household family is. You know, you build a house, your husband and wife get married, they have kids, and you have a, a house. But how many of you know a lot of them end up in divorce now? More than half, even in the church. You know why? Because... Wisdom hasn't been used. Not, we, we know what we're doing, but God has not come first. People come first. Other things come first. You see, we can build a house, but only God makes it a home. Walking in the wisdom of God. Another example I heard about this is, you know, it takes knowledge to build the Titanic. But it takes wisdom to miss the iceberg. 
See, knowledge is knowing things. I can know a whole bunch of things, but if I'm not wise and walking in wisdom, if I don't skillfully live what I know, it falls apart. Let me get going here. <coughs> Notice what it says, 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. This is the message paraphrase, but I find it, 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 it conveys so much better for us than uh, some of the words in the other ones. It says this, Every part of Scripture is God-breathed, spoken of God, has life, and useful in one way. And notice the first thing it does. It does what? Shows us truth. Not shows God truth. God knows the truth. Jesus is the truth, the way, the truth, and the life. It show, God's word shows us truth. In other words, we may not think this is true, but it is true. If God's word says it's true, then it is true, whether you believe it or not. God don't need you to believe it for it to be true. It shows us truth, then knocks Once we see the truth, notice what it does. It exposes our rebellion. And it corrects our mistakes. Exposing our rebellion, rebellion is when you want it your way. It corrects our mistakes, some things that we don't know. Maybe we made a mistake because we simply didn't know at that time. But it, it shows us the truth to train us to live what kind of way? God's way. It means living in wisdom. Living skillfully, uh, applying God's word to our life in every step we take. <clears throat> I'm doing good on time right now. Amen. Tell your neighbor he's doing good, Alice. Look what James 1.22 says. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourself. Do what it says. Now think about this as we're talking about knowledge and wisdom. Do not only listen to the word. Speed limits 30 miles an hour. Do what it says. You hear me? Don't just know about God. Walk with God. Knowledge is just knowing. But I have to apply that knowledge to my everyday walk in life. To, to have success in life and peace in life. Don't merely listen and so deceive yourselves. So notice what he's saying, and deceive yourself. What do you mean deceiving yourself? Because sometimes people think they know so much that they got it. It's almost like, God, I got it all figured out. This brain is so smart. Oh, I got all this. I studied all this, all these things. I got it figured out. Well, if you don't, properly apply it to your life it's not going to happen you're deceiving yourself you're thinking you're able to do it on your own you're, you're thinking you got you know you're you're all this uh and sliced bread and peanut butter whatever you want to say i don't know what kind of saying that is but uh, i said it <laughs> so you know it's an arrogance of of a person that thinks yeah i got it he says don't deceive yourself just because you know stuff Apply it to do what it says. Now notice what it goes on to say in Proverbs 3, verses 5 through 7. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on whose understanding? Your understanding. Can I tell you something? 
We understand what we know, but the problem is we don't know what we don't know. Think about that. We rely on what we know, but the problem is we don't know what we don't know yet. Right? That's how come every teenager knows how to rule the world. That's why mom and dad don't know what in the world they're doing. We as 13-year-olds know how to rule. We know what we should be doing. Why? Because they've only experienced a little. They don't know. And how many of you at this point in your life would say, you know what, when you were 13 years old, you probably weren't thinking what you thought you knew better? You glad mom and dad said, pump the brakes that you don't? See, we need to understand that. That don't lean on your own understanding. You see, because our understandings limit God. Our puny little pea brains. I'm not calling you names, okay? They, 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 okay. <laughs> Scott's puny little pea brain cannot understand everything of God. Yeah, uh, you think about it. A virgin's going to give birth to a savior? If your young daughter would come, or grandchild would come up to you right now and are pregnant, And they say, oh, I'm a virgin. How many of you would believe her? (laughs) It'd be kind of hard to believe. But God brought forth a Savior through a virgin. And I'm not telling you to believe your granddaughter. (laughs) Don't I believe you? But God is in the miracle working business. We live in the natural realm, but he lives in the supernatural realm. He can do things. What's impossible with man is not impossible with God. So quit trying to understand and live in your understanding. Realize that you live and serve a much bigger God. He who is able to do more than we could even think or imagine. Look at your neighbor and say, it ain't over. Tell your neighbor it ain't over. Come on, encourage them. It ain't over. Don't give up. The enemy's fighting. You know, it's always darkest right before the dawn. Why the enemy? You know what? When, when the enemy fights you, get excited. Say, when he's come, say, you know what? You must be scared to death of my future. That's why you're trying to stop me. You're trying to stop with God. You know God has a plan for my life and a purpose for my life, and you're trying to shut that down. But greater is he that's in me than he that is in the world. Amen. So then it goes on to say, verse 6, in all your ways, not some of your ways, in all your ways, submit to him, and he will do what? Make your path straight. In other words, when you apply his wisdom to your life, when you, you apply his word to your life and walk in wisdom and not just knowledge, you properly apply it to your life, skillful living, your paths will become straight. Because why? You're following what he says for your life. And look what verse 7 says. Don't be wise in your own eyes. 
Fear the Lord and shun evil. Don't be wise in your own eyes. Notice what Proverbs 26, 12 says. Do you see a person wise in their own eyes that just trusts, that trusts in them, their understanding them themselves, think, almost thinking higher of themselves than they ought? Do you see a person wise in their own eyes? There is more hope for a fool than for them. You see, knowledge is only going to get you so far. Wisdom from God makes your life complete and whole. All right, let's go. We're doing good on time. Look at your name and say, he's doing good on time. We, we say, we're doing good on time, Alice. This time it's Janice. Say, Janice, he's doing good. I want you to notice, <coughs> there's four types of people discussed in the book of Proverbs. And I, I want to kind of bring those out this morning. So this will help you as you read through Proverbs throughout this uh, month uh, on the different people. And the more I'm studying this, the more I'm realizing these four people are stages of our life that we could go through. You might not reach each stage, but we all definitely begin in the first stage. And that is the simple. All right? So the, the first person is the simple. Now, don't be offended again. Oh, pastor's calling us simple. That's where we are. That, at some point in our life, that's where we are. Again, I, I mentioned earlier, when an infant is born, what knowledge do they have? Nothing. They don't know anything. The, it's not that they're, if you want to call it dumb or stupid, they just have not been experienced to anything in the world yet. They have not come across it. It is simple. And the same thing that happens when we become born again. We are born spiritually infant, and we need to grow in the Lord. Just because I accept Christ today in my heart, it doesn't mean I know everything that God wants. I have to, right, at all costs, do what it does to gain the wisdom. So the simple simply means the lack of knowledge, lack of experience, and lack of wisdom. And, and as I was studying that word simple, it also came out that lack of knowledge and a tendency to do the wrong thing. That reminded me of, of a, a person just being born in the world. We're lost, so we have a tendency to do the wrong thing. It doesn't mean you always do the wrong thing, but that you, sometimes we do the wrong thing not because we uh, want to, but that we just simply didn't know. Can I tell you there's a bunch of tickets that were written in Golden Meadow of people that didn't know it was 30 miles an hour? Right? I, you've probably been driving down the road, and I have too that have gone nowadays with um, those GPS things that kind of tells you the speed limit of the road. But when you have to rely on the signs on the road, I've already been dri driving in areas Then I'm starting to wonder, what's the speed limit over here? It's, and I'm asking myself, is because I don't want to break the law. I don't want to speed, but I'm simple in this thing is that I have not known or been exposed to what the speed limit sign is. I'm waiting for a speed limit sign. I'm waiting for the knowledge to come my way so then I could properly apply it and slow down or speed up wherever it is. That makes sense? Okay, here we go. So it, it, it doesn't mean, it's not nothing bad, nothing looking down on. It's just, again, inexperience, not knowing enough uh, things. Again, that's why when you're a teenager, you think you know everything because you still don't know what you don't know. 
You're simple-minded in that thing. You only could put into practice in your life of what you experienced. Right? Uh, You could... I already seen somebody write a parenting book and they didn't have kids. I'm saying, well, I'm not even going to look at that. Don't tell me how to raise kids if you don't have kids. Because it's totally different. I, I, I could say A, B, and C and it's all nice and easy. But until you experience, the experience changes things. So let's look at Proverbs 1 through 4. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, <coughs> excuse me, king of Israel. And he's, this is what Proverbs is for. For gaining wisdom, skillful living, how to apply God's words, and instruction. For understanding words of insight. Verse 3 says, for receiving instruction in the prudent. Now that word prudent means uh, marked by wisdom. In receiving instruction, marked by wisdom in prudent behavior, so behaving wisely, in other words, for doing what is right and just and fair, for giving prudence. Now that word prudence means having the ability to do what's right. How many of you know you could have the ability to do something, but you still may not do it? We always have the ability to make the right choice. Anybody in here ever made a wrong choice? Right? We have the ability, the prudence to those who are what? Simple. You see, he's bringing out the simple. Uh, it says, for knowledge and discretion to the young. To bring knowledge and discretion to the young. And notice both these scriptures, and as you're reading through Proverbs, a lot of times when they're talking about the simple, he does refer to the young. In other words, inexperienced. They, they haven't been through life experiences. You've just a born-again Christian. You haven't been walking with the Lord uh, long. So I, you, it's a simple mentality that we all have. We're, we all have that part in us. Notice what Proverbs 7, 7 says. I saw among the what? The simple. And I noticed among the what? Young men. A youth who had what? No sense. Has your teenager ever told you something? And it was, <laughs> that makes no sense if you really knew what you were talking about. Right? It makes no sense. So we understand that a lot of times, in the, and I'm not talking just about age there, but it does refer to, if you, you think of what it's referring to, it's, it's being young, you have not been exposed to, you have not known. You simply just don't know. And you don't know what you don't know. That's where we are. So the next thing we'll talk about is uh, the cure. Well, what happens? How does a simple change? And the, the cure for that is time. Now, the cure for all of these is God. Okay, but it's time. How, why does a baby become smarter? The longer he lives, the more he experiences, the more he knows. So he becomes less simple in certain areas. He becomes more experienced. So time is a cure for the simple. The, the more you get in God's word, the more you're going to know, and hopefully you apply it to your life and live in wisdom. But the second one is the fool. The Bible talks about the fool in Proverbs. Now the fool carries a couple of different things. It knows some truth, and I think of this as a young Christian. You know some truth, but not everything. 
but you still have, it, it's, it actually translates morally deficient. That you still, in other words, you still want to do what pleases me. And think about it, it's, it's more of a, of a flesh-pleasing thing. Take a, I'm going to equate it to food, because that's how I do. <laughs> I'm a fool in this area where I know I have high cholesterol, but if you go to Broussard, Louisiana, and you stop and get some of those cracklings, I know it's not good for blood pressure. I know it's not good for cholesterol, but give it to me anyway. <laughs> right? You see, that's a fool mentality. I know it's not good for me, but I'm going to do it anyway because it brings temporary pleasure. Now, I'll, I'll, I'll just jump to the cure on this one real quick. The, the, the cure on this one is usually tragedy. Yeah, and I equate this with a lot of things. When Scott's going to have a heart attack, I don't want to. I'm doing good. Don't worry. Don't, don't start panicking. I'm not sick. It's usually then the person decides, oh, now I should start eating better. Oh, now I need to lose weight. Oh, now I need to exercise. Because tragedy, that you finally reaped what you were sowing. The Bible says there's fun and sin for a season. But then that sin's going to produce something in the future that you may not be ready for. Anybody got a little fool in them and some stuff? Amen. Cinnamon rolls. Oh, Lord, help me, Lord. Whew. But notice Proverbs 1, 7 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning, the starting point of knowledge. The fear of the Lord is the starting point of knowledge. Knowledge, again, is things that we gain, knowledge we know. But when I have the fear of the Lord, which we'll talk about a little bit later on this morning, it's a starting point that, you know what, maybe I don't have it all. I need to learn a little bit more. It says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but the fool despises wisdom and instruction. The fool will say, I know I have high cholesterol, but give me them cracklings. The fool will say, I know it's 30 miles an hour through there, but I don't see a cop. I could do 45. They're out there, so don't, don't do that if you're not from here. Amen. Proverbs 10, 23, a fool finds pleasure in wicked schemes, but a person of understanding delights in wisdom. A fool finds pleasure. See, again, and eating gratons is not a sin, but I'm just using that as like a parable so we understand. I know it's not good, but I find pleasure in it. And it's, it's hard for me to fight, fight. I'm a fool because I give in to my flesh in that area. If you can't tell. This, this, this is not muscle, just in case you were wondering. It's a storage tank for food. <laughs> so let, let, let's go quickly to the next one. I was doing good on time, but we slowed down. <laughs> The third one is actually the combination of the first two, but on steroids. It's the mocker. 
not the Macarena, the mocker. It's the simple and the fool on steroids. All right, it, it, it's combining everything. Uh, some verses in the Bible, when it talks about a mocker, it says those that have no use for God. It's like they got it. All, they know what they're doing, and not only does the mocker want to do wrong and know it's wrong, they want you to do wrong, and they don't you dare tell them that what they're doing is wrong. A mocker is an unteachable one. They're unteachable. They know better. They, it, it, you, can't even, you can't share it. And, and the cure for this one, again, what we'll put up, is actually God. Only God could help that person out. You could tell them till you're blue in the face it won't help them. Only God could change that heart. And can I tell you what? Our nation right now, you could scream all you want. You could put up as many posts as you want, all these things. It's not going to change this nation. Only God can change this nation. God needs to change the hearts of people. Hopefully we're not in Facebook jail. I don't think that was over the line there. But notice what Psalms 1, 1 and 2 says. Blessed is the one who does not. Okay, blessed is the one who does not do these things. Walk in, the, in step with the wicked or stand in the way of, that uh, the sinners take or sit in the company of mockers. Blessed is the one who does not do this. And can I share what you hear for a second? Sitting in the seat of the mockers, meaning be careful who you surround yourself with. Because you'll end up, you, you end up becoming like who you surround yourself with. Okay? You end up becoming by, like those you surround yourself with. So uh, either the people you're with is going to pull you to God or pull you away from God. But verse 2 says, but uh, the blessed one is, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and he meditates on that law day and night. This person is not, opening, is not open to listening, not open to correction, right? Remember what the Bible says, that God's word is written to teach us, to rebuke us, to correct us. This person doesn't care that God's word says that. They're not open. And look, look what Proverbs says here. Actually gives us a warning about this. It shows us Proverbs 9, 7, and 8. Whoever corrects a mocker invites, what? Insults. In other words, if you think they're just going to sit there and listen, that, that mocker that has no use for God, it has no, you're not going to bring them closer to God. Only God could change that person's heart. So you bring correction and they're going to jump on you. It's like you're walking up to and flicking, pishnooking. I don't know if people up north know what that is. Pishnooking a hornet's nest full of hornets. You think you're doing good and boop. And guess what? You're going to be getting stung all over the place. That's what the mocker does. They, they have no use for the word of God. They have no use. They don't believe it. They know, they know themselves. It says... Uh, Whoever corrects the mocker invites insults. Whoever rebukes the wicked incurs abuse. Notice how it gets turned around on you. The mocker, it, they're not listening. They're just going to, you say something, and they're just going to jump on you and attack you. Even the fool listens a little bit. He says, then verse 8 says, Do not rebuke mockers, or they will hate you. Rebuke the wise, and they will love you. Think about that. 
He says, if you try and rebuke a mocker, they're going to hate you, build a wall between you and them, and you're never, only God could change that person's heart. So what you need to do is begin to lift that person up in prayer and let God chisel that cold heart of theirs. Amen. But it says a wise person, which is the last one we're going to talk about, invites correction because they want to apply God's word in their life. So if our worship team would come on up as we we get ready to close this morning. Amen. Don't pick up your papers. I want to talk about the wise real quick as they're making their way here. The fourth person, the wise. Proverbs 9.9 says, Instruct the wise and they will be what? Wiser still. In other words, a wise person is going to say, You know what? Maybe I don't know everything. I'm going to sit and I'm going to be open to instruction. I will have a teachable spirit. It says the wiser will become even wiser because they know they don't know everything. It says, uh, teach the righteous and they will add to their learning. Verse 10 says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. For through wisdom your days may be many, and your years will be added to your life. If you are wise, your wisdom will reward you. If you're a mocker, you alone will suffer. See, I need to walk wise. I need to take, learn knowledge, but I ask God to help me properly apply it to my life. And what I want to share with you is how... You know, this fear of the Lord, it's not, uh, it doesn't mean a fear of scared as Adam and Eve once they sinned, right? When they sinned, they were not walked, they, they had knowledge, right? God told them not to eat from that fruit, but they didn't walk in wisdom. You see, when they didn't walk in wisdom, when God showed back up in the garden, they were scared and ran. They, that was a physical fear. But the fear is talking here is about having a reference, a reverence of God, a respect and know. Listen, we, we don't even know the, the tip of God's holiness and majesty. When it says that out of his name, every knee will bow. It won't have a choice. You just fall and bow at the name of Jesus. Why? And then this is what we're going to talk about. The fear of the Lord, number one, is because God is awesome. God is awesome. God can can have a Savior born from a virgin. My God can make a dead man rise. My God can heal the sick. My God can do more than I can ask or imagine. He is an awesome God. And until you realize Jesus isn't your homeboy, Jesus isn't your friend that you pat on the back, He's the Son of the living God. And until we realize how awesome He is, that's why the Bible tells us, don't think more highly of yourself than you ought. Even on your best day, you fall way short of the glory of God. That He is an awesome God. 
Look what it says in Psalms 33, verses 8 and 9. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all. Notice he's not saying some. This is how it should be. Let all the people of the world revere him. Respect. That's what it's talking about with the fear of the Lord. For he spoke and it came to be. He could speak something that is non-existent and make it existent. He is an awesome God. He spoke and it came to be. He commanded and it stood firm. <coughs> Isaiah 40, 20. I love the way it, it, it reminds me of he's talking to the simple here. He says, do you not know? Have you not heard? Well, you may not have been around him. You may be still simple. But he says, I want to tell you. I want, I want to give you some knowledge so you can begin to walk in wisdom. Don't you know? Have you not heard? He says, the Lord is the everlasting God. He is the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary. God is not dead. He is not resting. He is not tired. God is still on the throne. creator to the ends of the earth he will not grow tired weary and his understanding no one can fathom because when it comes to God we will always be simple his ways are higher than our ways his thoughts are higher than our thoughts don't lean on your own understanding trusting in him second thing you need to know in wisdom is God is always right you hear me God is always right I don't care what evidence or proof you have to say otherwise of what God's word says he is always right <coughs> whether you believe it or not whether you believe it or not whether whatever knowledge you have gained in this world God is always right. He's never wrong. Psalms 19.7 says, The law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. It doesn't mean I need to understand everything God says. I just need to trust everything God says. He says it so it's right. You know what? We, we can't have God, the Burger King God, that God, I, I like all this when you say God, but this scripture I really don't believe. I don't understand why you said this. I don't agree with that. <clears throat> Can I tell you it's okay to say that, but as long as you know he, he is right. I may not understand it. His wisdom is it we can't comprehend. His knowledge we can't comprehend. It's beyond us. So can you just realize that when you don't agree with something what God said, it's because your mind's too small and can't comprehend what He said? Don't rely on your own knowledge. <clears throat> he makes wise the simple. And thirdly, I want everyone to stand to their feet right now. Because I need you to know that God is holy. God is a holy God. 
Brother Darren, if you turn the rest of the lights off for a second here. God is a holy God. And sometimes we get too comfortable with God. Sometimes we don't realize how holy He is. Sometimes we, we again, it, it's, it's that, oh God, my buddy, my pal. No, He is to be revered and worshipped. Notice what it says in Psalms 99.5. Exalt, lift up the Lord. He's not asking you to. He's commanding you to. Exalt the Lord, our God, and worship at His footstool. For He is holy. See, we praise Him for what He has done, but we worship Him for who He is. He is a holy God. Hebrews 12, 28 and 29, our last scripture for today, says this. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, this kingdom cannot be shaken, he says, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe. For our God is a consuming fire. So put down all your Bibles, put down everything, and lift your hands this morning. And let's just close this service for a couple minutes as we worship our holy God. Come on, sing it. And holy, there is no one like you. There is none beside you. Yo. Yeah.
a God that can do miraculous things for you. Father, as we learn to humble ourselves and pray to you, Father God, and lift up every need, Father God, and walk in wisdom. Father, we believe that you're sending the rain on this nation. Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit would rain down on this place, Father God. That as people would come in, Father God, they'd feel your presence in this place, Father God. That your presence would all be so present in this place, Father God, that hearts would immediately be changed, Father. If you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want to give you that opportunity here today. Those watching online are those here. Or maybe you've you've been serving the Lord going to church and everything and it's become more routine more habit than personal relationship you say I want to recommit today God I want to recommit today Father I want to walk in knowledge and wisdom of your word I just ask each and every one of you right now just to repeat after me today and invite Christ to be Lord and your Savior of your life for salvation is the gift of God and how do, what do you do with a gift? You receive it. You don't earn it. You don't work for it. It's a gift. So say, Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you today and I admit that I am in need of a Savior. I fall short in many areas of my life, but you still love me enough to send your Son to die on the cross for the forgiveness of my sins. And I believe that he was resurrected three days later and is seated at your right-hand side. I invite Christ to come into my heart to be Lord and Savior of my soul. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, 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 amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. He's an awesome God. He's a holy God. Amen. Amen. Okay, I want to encourage you. Take these notes home. Read through Proverbs this week. Don't rush. Don't try and read all 31 chapters tomorrow. Take your time. Let God speak to you. And as you see those words pop in, the simple, the fool, the wise, and also the mocker. It'll help you understand what he's talking about in there. Amen. God bless you. We love you. We'll see you next Sunday morning. God bless you.